Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sideline with the Cooks. I'm Erica and this is my mama. And this is Valerie. Hey, how is everyone doing today? And we're here to talk about sports. Kind, kinda. G- kinda. The last kinda. dance. Yeah. So basically this week's episode, we're just going to recap the last dance because what else is going on other than all these leagues trying to figure out how they're going to come back and yada, 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 yada. Well, you know, NASCAR started Saturday. They didn't have anybody in the same. Which is which is probably what's going to have to happen at least the rest of this year. That fans won't be there. Um, yeah, NASCAR, uh, UFC, they had a, a event. Was it last weekend? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, baseball. I forgot about UFC because one of the, some people, some of the fighters tested positive. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I heard that they. No, some of the fighters that. who, some of the fighters, they tested positive. They couldn't fight. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, that. Actually makes sense, but no, I didn't hear that. I mean, I heard about the, mm-hmm. the like committee or the executives putting out very strict guidelines of like how, as far as like commentary and commentators, how they were supposed to interact with the fighters, and of course they just didn't do that at all. So oh, they didn't. Really, See, I missed that part. Yeah. So apparently, the I can't remember his actual position in the UFC, but he had put out this like 15 page or 50 page just long, like here's the protocols, here's where, how we're going to do this. And, um, some of those protocols included the commentators and how they wouldn't be seated at the same table and that any interviews after the fight wouldn't be in person. Like it wouldn't be like rings, you know, in the ring with the two of them standing next to each other. And apparently they didn't do that. Um, as soon as the show started, you could see two of the commentators sitting at the same table. There were a couple interviews inside the ring after fights. So, uh, you know, I don't I don't know what the UFC is doing, but they, you know, they gave people something to look forward to this past weekend. Mhm. But yeah, anyway, well, I, well, you know, I've been enjoying the last dance, okay? Right. And you know, at the rate everything is the while we're still in the middle of the pandemic, and I guess I'm self-quarantined now since uh, I taped it so I can watch it over and over again. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just going to recap The Last Dance. Um, last time we recorded, we had saw episodes one through four. So we'll mm-hmm. be talking about episodes six through ten today. Um mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to do on Sunday nights anymore, but that's okay. I'm going to watch when I record it. I, I can finally go back to watching Insecure. I guess that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> go back to okay. watching other shows. Okay, okay, okay. Because I've been missing out wow. on other shows watching them lately. You didn't record it? I I can still go back and watch. I'm just not watching them live. And, you know, the thing that, you know, folks do now is live tweet. During shows. Uh, well, I well I didn't do that. I didn't. You know, I didn't do all of that. Right. So it was a bit difficult for me to navigate Twitter as I'm trying to live tweet the the last dance, and then like the other half of my timeline is also live tweeting insecure. So it was. It's been some interesting five weeks for me. On, okay. Uh, 
on Twitter on, on Sunday That's you nights. young folks. That's you young folks. <laughs> I'm sitting there with my eyes glued to the TV and listening. Right. So let's go ahead and jump right on in. We'll start with episode six. No, five. Um, so this episode is goes back to uh, 1992, um, mm-hmm. when the Bulls win their second championship, mm-hmm. and then um, a large part of that episode was kind of Jordan becoming the brand and not just the basketball players. Um, which I thought that was really interesting. I I I, I want to hear your take because obviously you were growing up. Well, you weren't born in 92, so. <laughs> okay. Now, I, to hear your take. So, um, the 92 Bulls won their second championship. They beat the Blazers. I think what the takeaway I have for that is just, again, like, whatever Michael needs, even if he's going to make something up, like, whatever he needs to give himself that mental edge to come and compete and for 92 it was the fact that people compared him to Clyde Drexler yeah which I was like I never did that they were two different right. players so yeah. I I was surprised to hear that and obviously yes I, if it, I was I was surprised to hear that because I I never made those comparisons I mean Clyde the Glide was you know a, a, his own player yeah, I, from what I remember and what I've seen of Clyde Drexler, like, I didn't think of him as, like, one of the best players in the NBA in, like, 92. When I think of Clyde, I don't, I don't think of 92. I think of, like, late, late 80s. Is that is that fair to say? Am I, or am I getting him confused with someone well, else? No, you, I don't think you're getting him confused because I think you, what you're thinking of is the Houston, University of Houston team. Clyde and Akeem, Elijah Wan, and... The Rockets. Right. No, no, no. No, no, no. Well, oh. yeah, he played for the Rockets. I'm talking about the school, college. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe that's what it is. See, that's how far. Yeah, because I'm not going to say that this was toward the end of his career. I'm not going to say that about anybody. And that's what I thought. I thought 92 was like the towards the end of his. And well, it may have been. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say that. It was probably because like the, it was... the, middle, the middle of his career. Mhm. Yeah. So yeah, I I thought that was interesting that he was compared to to Michael Jordan, and that's what he needed, and that's what Michael needed to, you know, um, to uh, give himself another mental edge to to compete. And so I was definitely. I mean, and I don't know what episode it was that he said it. It might have been. I can't remember the episode. Michael was going to win. That was just it. Now, right. if he had to give himself something to do it, that's that was. I was fine with that. Now, that's what I came away with. Because you always wondered, how does he do it time and time again? Right. Well, now we know. He had to get an edge from somewhere. Yeah. Especially in the in the later half of of his career, like after that first three peak, like how do you, like, where where do you get the edge? And so I mean, all the all the stories, um, poor oh man, the story about uh, 
Oh, I can't remember his name now, but the rookie for the Washington Bullets and how he had a good game and Mike mm-hmm, made up mm-hmm. made up the story mm-hmm. of what happened mm-hmm. after and then goes out and destroys that young man mm-hmm, in the next game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like to have Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, just, to, just whatever you need to do, give yourself a mental edge. Mike will do. But Erica Who's cold like that today? And I know you're going to say it's a different game. They play a different game. It's not the same game. I don't think but anybody who, like that. I think the last person that I've seen who had that that killer mentality like Michael was Kobe. Okay. Okay. And what did Kobe say? Everything we got was because of him. There you go. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, also in episode five, we do get to have our moment with, with Kobe Bryant talking about the 1998 All-Star game and how it was to be out there playing with him and then just the relationship that, that they had. And, of course, he mm-hmm. you know, he shut down the debate for everybody of the MJ versus Kobe. Now, you know, he hated it. That was so, I know, but you know what? He said he got his, he said it. I'm just sorry. He learned from the best. The best helped him. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. And if you go back and, and watch old highlights of Jordan and you watch old highlights of Kobe, like you can see in Kobe's game that he was he was imitating Michael Jordan to his, the best of his ability from, from all his moves to the jump shot to – moves in the post like he was mm-hmm. imitating Jordan. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really uh, a really special moment. Um, You're right. And I think the one thing that I thought was hilarious was that this is um, the episode jumps back to 98 and they're back at Madison Square Garden and this is um, what Michael, Michael Jordan believes would be his last game in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. So he then mm-hmm. goes and grabs a a air, pair of Air Jordan ones, and they're a size too small. <laughs> and he still goes out and drops a fifty piece in a shoe that's a size too small. He said his feet were bloody after that. Yeah. Now I couldn't see it in the shoe, but no. I. It was probably exaggeration, but I'm pretty sure his feet was messed up. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure your feet. Yes, you get out there in the wrong pair of shoes. Your feet gonna be hurting, but what mm-hmm. what made me chuckle was in the the the, the clip we're in the locker room and and uh, Michael Jordan's putting on the shoes and he looks like he looks at Tony Kukoc and was like, "You was a baby when these came out." <laughs> <laughs> All of them were. So yeah, to see you still wearing Jordans. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Mm, that ain't the you know the retros and no, because I'm not paying two hundred dollars for a shoe. I'm I just can't bring myself to do that. But I do still buy Jordan shoes. It just okay. ain't the retros. Okay. <laughs> um, and so to to see kind of, I guess I think the most surprising thing in that episode was how Nike's growth really was because of michael jordan and how when they signed him they were just a track shoe and they were still a startup company and to see what nike is now all because 
Michael Jordan. And he didn't want to sign with them. He didn't want to work with them initially. And for Michael Jordan to sign with them and then have an amazing rookie season. Like, what if what if Michael didn't have the rookie season that he had or didn't turn out to be the player that he was? Like, would we would we all be such, you know, big fans of Nike? Would they ever have stepped into well, a, no. a basketball had, had, No, of, of course not. Unless it was, it had to be. No, because if it wasn't for Michael, Michael, if he hadn't succeeded, then we wouldn't have Nike. I mean, so, no, no, I don't believe we would. Not on the level. Not on the same level, let me put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, because, I mean, at during that time, what other professional athlete, not just a basketball player, but professional athlete was like an international superstar? Well, you know, I got so tickled and watch it when I was watching the suit, and I think it was five and six. I had forgotten all about Gate. Is it Gatorade? Gatorade be like Mike. I had forgotten all of that. <laughs> I really had, Haynes. I forgot all of that. Yeah, all the sponsorships. And, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. This is really when, like, Jordan Michael Jordan is no longer. Just a basketball player. He's a, you know, international superstar. A marketable personality. Mm -hmm. And, um... Worldwide. Right. And so that was pretty cool. I don't know. I think that that kind of stuff is always cool. No matter, like, what that person is, like, professionally. To see somebody go from, like, being very good at their craft to expanding out into this superstar. Whether it's... You're a professional athlete or a musician or, you know, whatever. But, but Michael said it. He said he owed it to the fans to play his best. They came out to watch him play. He was going to give them what they paid for. Yeah. Now, when he said that, what did I reflect back to? Load management. Nobody <laughs> has that mentality today. Because the sci- because science has advanced and there's so much research out there that tells us that playing all 82 of these games probably ain't the best for you in the long run. <laughs> I'll just say that. Okay. okay. Go ahead. I'm just saying. But you heard that, didn't you? Yes. And you know nobody else can say that, don't you? I think some players can, but they not they still aren't playing, you know, all eighty two. Okay. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. And um, I think the what else I got here? Oh, so the last thing that kind of was touched on um, in episode five was the dream team. Um. Mm-hmm. So in the what it was the it had to be the eighty eight. No, not the 88 Olympics. Whatever the world championships were, I'm assuming mm-hmm. in 91. Um, mm-hmm. This is when only college players were playing exactly. uh, mm-hmm. on the world stage. And so when the And I remember, up, right, and I remember, and I remember, I remember that I thought at that time that that was just 
terrible. I felt like they were taking something away from the college athletes. You know, the professional athletes, they out there, they got their contracts, they got their gigs, they got their sponsors. Mm -hmm. And I just, I remember feeling like it was taken away from, taken from that college amateur athlete. Right. But but I I do understand by the end of at the end of the excuse me at the end of that <laughs> the way they ran right. over everybody <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful it was beautiful right especially when other when other countries up until that point were letting professional players well play I think on the. Yeah, but it was it, it's different in the other countries. I mean, I just think the societies in the other countries, as you know, compared to the society in America, you know, it it was just different. You know, those other countries will win at any cost. Da 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 da. You know, they started them out young until you know, and of course, I'm thinking about the bigger countries: Russia, mm-hmm. China those i just felt it just took i remember feeling it took away from the collegiate amateur athlete here this was their time to shine but like yeah, i said we, we when it was over and done with whew, we ain't going back no once it was <laughs> over and done with because there's something when you get all those players together like that and they are gelling, and they and they look like they were having fun playing. The most fun I think they've had as a group of professionals were playing for that Olympic team, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That I could see they were having fun. Yeah, that and was that... so awesome to watch. Like yeah. I said at the end, I was like, oh, 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 oh. it was good to watch. It was just, it was, it was all, it it was good to watch. (laughs) (laughs) And so the dream team, and as you were, as you were saying, with you having a a group of professionals get together, having a good time, I think that was, um, they talked about in the documentary that that was the moment when they realized this is not Michael Jordan's league. He's now the best player in the world. And um, I, I wanted to ask you this because I spent some time on it in the episode about um, Isaiah Thomas being left off the dream team. Well, you know, I'm I'm just going to say it. I'm still confused. This documentary did not clear it up for me. So I don't know other than it was a big rivalry between the two. And everybody can understand the rivalry. But to accuse Michael Jordan of preventing him from being on the team. I don't, and maybe I have to go back and watch it so it'll be clear to me. But it, it was not clear, right? Um, from what I got from it, like yes, Michael acknowledged that he didn't really care for, or you know, in his words, that he hated Isaiah Thomas, but he respected his game, and so right, he didn't make the decision that Isaiah would right. be on the team, and right. Let it come from other people around it. It was well, along with Isaiah and Michael Jordan having you know bad blood, 
So did Isaiah and Scottie Pippen. So did Isaiah and Magic Johnson. So did Isaiah and Larry Bird. So it. Yes, I feel like people do blame it on Michael Jordan, but from watching, from watching that, I I don't know if it. I I can't. I don't feel comfortable saying it was Michael Jordan. It was probably. Uh, like a collective thing because I'm sure if the the goal is to go out there and win you want the ble- the best players on the team and at that point and Isaiah would have been I, and you know Isaiah would have at that time it was Isaiah Thomas Magic Larry Bird Michael Scotty uh, Charles Barkley um uh, trying to think i can't think i mean it was a core group of basketball players right so if you got you know what i'm saying right so yes was it a slight yeah it was a slight to isaiah because i i thought he was one of those who could play he was one of the top players but for them to just solely blame Michael you know to me whoever put the team together which would have been coach uh, his name just left my head anyway it would have been up to the coach was it Chuck Daly to do that but damn wasn't he he coaching Isaiah yeah I think he did too anyway I don't know I can't, no, 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 I can't, no, no, the dark hair guy. Okay, anyway, I can't, like I said, his name just left me. I think maybe the coaches It was knew. Chuck Daly. <laughs> okay. Well, darn, he was Isaiah's coach. Come on now. Right, but so it, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm thinking it couldn't have been, like it had to be, the only thing it could be is that he already had bad blood with, half the team so they didn't ask him to come okay okay well then i guess daily wasn't really his coach I'm, I'm, I, how daily gonna be there and isaiah not there but anyway this is 20 30 40 years old it's over and done with i'm just saying i felt isaiah should have been on the team but to blame it all on Michael Jordan. No, you you can't do that. You know? Honestly, yeah. I, what I what I probably what did happen is that somebody figured that if Isaiah Thomas was there, that Michael wouldn't show up, so they didn't even bother being like, "All right, we're gonna ask Isaiah to come play." Okay. But like you said, it was 30 years ago. That was that. Mm-hmm. All right. We can move on to episode six. Now, episode six and seven are, you know, a bit rough. The the years that were a bit troublesome for Michael Jordan. Um, episode six jumps jumps back to uh, 1993 and um, winning the third championship of the first three-peat. But most of the time I spent um, talking about kind of how fame and celebrity starts um celebrity starts to bother Michael Jordan with the 
with all the questions from the media, with Sam Smith releasing a book called Jordan Rules, kind of putting it out there that maybe Michael Jordan isn't the best teammate and how he would treat, you know, his teammates and what practices were like and not the most positive reporting on um on Michael Jordan. And then we have in the conference finals against the Knicks after they lose game one. Um, the media finds out that him and his father went up to Atlantic City to the casino and and then there's starts, you know, questions about about his gambling habit and people asking him if he had a gambling problem. Um, once we find out about what was his name? Slim. How he owes some man named Slim fifty seven thousand dollars. Um, so I I don't know. I didn't care for this. Like I, I think it's necessary to explain why Michael Jordan retired after that championship, but I I don't think Michael was treated fairly. Thank you. Yeah. They had yeah. to find something. They had to find something. They were picking they the man's father was killed. Yep. And he and then, he had no peace. He had no peace. Yeah. And so we find we hear about um we we get more into about um Michael Michael Jordan's father being killed in episode Seven, which then kind of leads into another bad place where the media starts to, you know, poke at, oh, was it Michael Jordan's gambling habits that eventually led to his father's death? Right, right, Which is right. completely unfair, um, for sure. Um, That's what I remember the most about that, uh, although I didn't know, well... I think I remember they said he went gambling. I don't know. What did they want him to do after that 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 game loss? What did they want him to do? Go back to the hotel. Watch the I mean, TV. So, that's all I'm saying. What did they want him to do? So. Yeah. And I think. And he said. And I think just. That just maybe wasn't his personality. To just to go back to the hotel and what? Um, at that point in his career, no. Of course, like later in his career, we we find out that he essentially can't go anywhere without being, you know, mobbed. But at that point in his career, he could still go out and be somewhat normal. I just think he really got tired of all the the questions and then do you have a gambling have? Do you have a problem? Yada yada yada. And I think um, I. I think what summed it up me summed it up for me was his response in one of the interviews that was like, "No, I don't have a a gambling problem, but I mean, I, a competition problem, sure, but gambling, no." And how you know eventually there were questions about, "Oh, was he throwing games and yada yada?" Right. Yada. It got ridiculous. Like, oh. It got ridiculous. It got ridiculous. So and yeah. I think, and, and but I think it was perfect. He stopped talking to him. If y'all gonna do me like this, I'm not talking to y'all. I yeah. loved it. 
and it's it's one it's one thing to have to do one interview and all those questions be answered but then every day every time you see the media they continue to ask if you have a gambling habit habit and who's this and what's this and why you know that i you know i would probably stop talking to the media as well if y'all gonna continue to ask me the same questions over and over and over and i gotta defend myself over and over again Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do think that, and I don't know, I didn't see any hints of that. It might have behooved him at that time. And I'm talking, and I'm really referring to the interview he did with Ahmad Rashad, where he had the sunglasses on. Yeah. He, he could have benefited from, what do you call him, a publicist or what? whoever. What do you call him, publicist? Yeah. You know. Don't do this interview in them sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, probably not the best choice, but I mean, it was he was saying the same thing that he said during every other well, interview. I, uh, and I get that, but I see where people could say that was not sincere. Which is why prior to the next they, interview, he didn't have glasses on. <laughs> well maybe that's what I'm saying I wish somebody had had it had told him that in the beginning and maybe that would have I'm not saying it would have changed anything I'm just might have made it a little tad more, more tolerable yeah and so um, going into episode 7 we um, like I mentioned earlier we find out um, the story of how Michael Jordan's father was murdered um, later, uh, that summer, he retires and decides to go fulfill his other dream of playing major league baseball. Um, so he's playing in the minor leagues for the Chicago, uh, White Sox affiliate team. And it's going well after, you know, a bit of a rough start. And, and he, we find out how he applied that same work habit that he had for basketball mm-hmm. towards baseball. And then. Um, I, well, even then, the media. Oh my God! Yeah, was it Sports? Not Sports Illustrated. Yeah, it was Sports Illustrated. No, did they, I don't know who it was. I, I, I when I say it, I'm, I'm. It's all of them. Wouldn't it? Do, he could, girl. He couldn't do anything. I mean, he just. They ripped everything he did apart. Yeah. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. So Sports Illustrated put out that cover of, you know, essentially them making fun of him for trying and playing um, baseball. Uh, And since that day, he's never spoken to Sports Illustrated anymore. I don't blame him. But I'm trying to think of... um... And I don't know if this this probably wasn't because you know I can't remember yesterday. I'm trying to think of the who Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Is it Bo Jackson? Who played two sports? Yes. Yeah, it was Bo Jackson. Okay, okay. Bo Jackson played baseball and football. Who else? Was it Deion Sanders? It was somebody else. Deion Sanders played football baseball. Yeah, for a little while in baseball. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I and the thing about that is, never mind. I, it's over and done with. It's just, 
it just brought back a lot of stuff, you know. Leave the man alone. That's what I remember the whole time. It's just leave the man alone. My goodness, yeah. just leave him alone. Yeah. At he the was, end of the day, he's a man. Yeah. He, you know, took the time to follow another dream, another passion of his, and one that he did share with his father. Um, and I mean, kind of, kind of heal from from his father's death by you know following mm-hmm. another dream that him and his father shared. So I thought mm-hmm. that was really, I thought that was really cool just to see how. Mm-hmm. How, like, yeah, Michael Jordan was extremely talented, but so much of who Michael Jordan is is how much he dedicated himself to to the game. And to see that dedication transfer from basketball right to baseball to the point where legendary, you know, manager, team manager is like, yeah, had there not been a stoppage or if he had another mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 15 at-bats, he would have made, he would have found himself on, right, somebody, exactly. on somebody's right. major league team. Right, so. And then um, episode seven kind of finishes off with us seeing the Bulls that, that 94, that 93-94 season playing well without Michael Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. And we get the, uh, we get a, a bit about that infamous game three um, where Scotty decides to sit out the final play because Phil Jackson writes up the game winner for draws up the game winner for Tony Kukoc instead of Scotty Pippen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Erica, I said the last time we talked, we spoke. First of all, we we all the professional athletes are first and foremost human beings, men and women. Then they are whatever. But because they are human beings, a man, woman, we do and we say things that ain't right. Yep. I think we could that's called that. that's called life. He made it. I mean, we can all sit back and say he made a bad decision, but I get it. Cause I that's when, when you feel when you feel slighted. When I you feel slighted, it. no. When you feel now, do I? This is the question. When you feel slighted, you will behave in a certain manner that's usually not positive. Yeah, Give but behave, right behave that way after the game. Come out here, run this play so we can win, and then behave that way after the game. And now, too, you look stupid because you raised hell about not being able to take the shot. Tony Kukoc goes out there and makes the shot, and you sitting over there pouting on the bench for no reason. What you mean no reason? He wasn't getting any money. That's not why he sat out that game, though. In the end, in, in the end. It, by 97, 98, yes, I understand, Scotty. But in that moment, no. Sorry, go out there and play. Especially because, of course, you know, they let us know that leading up to that game, Tony Kukoc had hit late game shots multiple times that season. So why all of a sudden does the play need to be drawn up for you right now? 
Erica, you know I'm not gonna say anything bad about Be mad as you want. Be mad as you want after the game. Had he went in had he went in after the game and cuss fill out, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But don't go play. Finish the game. And then you can be mad that you didn't get a shot. Erica, Erica, you are right. And of course, when that happened, I didn't know that's that's what was going on. But he let his he let his emotions rule his decision on what to do. Yeah, and I and you know it happens. It just that was just the wrong. Wrong place and time for that to happen. And for me, that's my only fault with Scotty. Like everything else, like I can understand everything, you know, earlier in the in the series they talked they about. They still you know, won the not game. They play because of the migraine. Right. But my But now is, they say those migraine. Go on. I so I couldn't fault him about the migraine. I come. I hundred from experience. I, I <laughs> really? Duh. <laughs> It's one thing to try to play with a migraine. It's one thing to try to play basketball when you can't see. It ain't going to happen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. But in that moment, no. Especially for you. And then how, how the game ends, you now look silly. For you to, to be upset and take yourself out of the game because Phil Jackson didn't draw up a play for you to take the last shot. He drew it up for Tony Kukoc, and then he goes out there and makes the shot. Now it looks like, well, what what were you mad about, bro? Like, we trying to win the game, and we won the game. <laughs> like, what Phil did was correct. Go on. I, I'm not going to say I'm going to leave Scotty alone. I'm going to leave Scotty alone. Because okay, to me, like please. I said, that's why my only issue with Scotty is that one moment, and even <sighs> even in – like, you know, we all get over it. They got over it. They moved on. Okay. All right, well, so we'll move on. To well, this, uh, okay. Okay, because then it'll bring us back to Scotty. I think it's 10. Right. Or 9, 9 10. Right. And I hope 10. you think better. Yes. Feel better. Of- okay. Okay. I didn't want to give away. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on <laughs> we'll move on to episode 8 and um, there is like uh, a stoppage in play in Major League Baseball over uh, what's it called like the CBA collective bargaining agreement yeah and, yeah I vaguely remember that yep and so um, Michael and other minor league players uh they decide not to cross the picket lines because the MLB had the idea, well, if CBA negotiations are still going on and nobody's playing, we'll just have, you know, replacement guys come and play. And Michael chose not to. Um, he chose not to cross the picket line. So um, in March of 95, B.J. Armstrong, shout out to him, calls him up. Run up. Running <laughs> off at the mouth. Calls him up, talk, ask talk, him to come to practice. Talk, talk, talk up some stuff. He wish he hadn't talked up. 
And so Michael was back in practice, practicing with the Bulls by March, and he announces his return to the NBA. So shout out to mm-hmm. BJ Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, we catch the, the back end of the season, and we go into the playoffs, and the Bulls lose to uh, the Magic in 95 in the conference semifinals, um, basically because yeah. Michael Jordan hadn't gotten back in basketball shape yet. Um so, that was that. Wait, 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 wait. That, now, that's one thing I did not like. The Bulls were going downhill before he returned. Yeah. So, don't blame that on him. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's the reason why they lost. But No, okay, okay, okay. That had, had he been in basketball shape, I think they would have fared. They probably would have won that series. Now, a championship, I can't say that. Um, mm-hmm. but at least they probably would have won that series. And he says, you know, it was due to the fact that he wasn't in shape. And I believe that, um, he came back in March. Only, But the team got, got to the playoffs without yeah. him. So the team, they were barely over 500 before Michael showed up. So they just ske- okay. you know, squeaked their way into the playoffs. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, but y'all, y'all don't blame him now because they no, lost. No, no. Oh, God. No, no, no. All right. So. They lose in the conference finals, and then that summer, MJ is filming Space Jam and working out and playing pickup, getting ready for the season. And I thought that I thought this part was was pretty cool that uh, Warner Brothers put together. They called it the Jordan Dome, <laughs> a court and an area to lift weights, and was like, "All right, you know, there you go." So he would film during the day. Um, during his break, he would work out and then after they were done filming he would go play pickup and of course like all the best players in the NBA were there to play pickup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty I wish I could have been a fly on the wall. Yeah. Young and upcoming players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was checking them all out. And so um now Michael Jordan is ready um uh, for the ninety six season ninety five, ninety six season and a moment that stood out to me and kind of led discussions about Michael and his leadership style was the the fight between, well, I don't want to call it a fight, maybe a tussle. The tussle between Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr during training camp. And I think this moment really highlighted um, how it is that Michael interacted with his teammates and kind of leads us in a direction of like, do you really need to be a jerk in order to get the best out of your teammates? Um, I'm going to say no. Can I, can I, let, let me say this because I, he's, he's now Michael Jordan has been taking a licking for the way he treated yeah, his, but we all knew that before the documentary came out. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, You have to. I don't think so. And and correct me if I'm wrong. We're talking about the cream of the crop. Every NBA player. They are the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. So. Doesn't it take a little extra I think it takes extra, to get 
Okay. Yes, I do think it takes extra push and drive and leading by example, but you don't you don't have to be disrespectful. There's no reason why Michael Jordan should be calling people out of their names. There's no reason why Michael Jordan should be trying to to push people into fights, try to egg people on to get in a fight. And there's definitely no reason that you should be punching your teammates because you upset that coach is calling tic-tac-y fouls just to just to elicit a response out of them like you can be tough on your teammates and I think at the end of the day why most of his teammates don't have a problem with him is that yes he was tough and he meant and he mentioned this in in the episode is that yeah I'm tough I'm competitive but I'm not gonna ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do so I think at the end of the day that's why nobody hated playing with Michael but you can push your teammates to be the best that they can be and, and push them for more and help them develop toughness without being disrespectful. I think it's possible. Like, it's one thing to be demanding, but it's another thing to be disrespectful. And a lot of the times we saw Michael tiptoe and, you know, one little foot over that that line of becoming disrespectful. I don't. Everybody has their own style. They said the next year, Pippen stepped up to the plate, but he had a different style. You get obviously Phil Jackson apparently is a so touchy so, feely kind of guy. So. So the season after Michael leaves, the Bulls do pretty well. They make it to the semifinals. No, they play mm-hmm. in the conference. They play in the conference finals. So they mm-hmm. played just as well, make it to the conference finals, and nobody was there yelling and screaming at them, calling out their name. So obviously, like that that's what I'm it saying. Wasn't and, needed. And that... <laughs> it wasn't necessary. Eric. Like, you eliminate one factor and they still do almost as well. You mean to tell me that it was necessary that you call people out their names, that you go around punching people, trying to start fights with folks? That's all I'm saying. Was that, I considered a lot of that behavior trash talking. Was that not, did you not consider that trash talking? Some of it is trash talking. Like if they're playing in the middle of playing a game during practice and you want to trash talk, that's that's one thing. But if that's how you generally speak to your teammates in that fashion, even if you're not scrimmaging, then that's disrespectful. Um, the fact that you you go at um, the the way that Michael Jordan would go at his teammates, like trying to he called it building toughness, but essentially trying to egg them into a fight knowing good and well nobody's going to hit him back because he's Michael Jordan. And what happens if you injure Michael Jordan, the star player of the team, the franchise, the NBA? Like, what kind of punishment are you going to be waiting for you for hurting that, for hurting a star player? And I'm sure he knew that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're saying he knew he, could, he couldn't be touched? He had to know that. But the, he had to know that. But like I was saying earlier is that in, at the end of the day, the way that all of this like smooths over is that he worked 
as hard, if not harder than everybody else. Like he wasn't asking people to go above and beyond and not be themselves. He just asked them to dedicate themselves and work hard and that he was going to dedicate himself and he was going to work very hard too. So it, so it works, but there's, there's, I'm sure there was moments where they were like, people were like, okay, you've, you've crossed the line. And at that point, I don't think that's necessary. Okay. Like it's one, like I was saying, I, I, like it's, it's and one you, thing. And, and, I, I, and I get you, I, I do, I do. I really do. I just, I, I, a lot of it, I just, just trash talking. And that's something like trash talk is one thing, but. Like you don't need to call anyone out, you know, out of their name repeatedly. Well, you know, no. we had, we saw all the clips of we saw the clips of that, and it wasn't it wasn't in a oh we're scrimmaging and and talking trash like this is just normal drills, and you you talking to me like that that's a bit unnecessary. Okay. But at the end of the day, the way that you know nobody hates him is that he works just as hard as everybody else. Now, if Michael is out there talking to people like that doing you know doing the stuff that he was doing and he didn't work hard as everybody else they would have hated him mm-hmm. absolutely hated him mm-hmm. you know you're right about that you're right about and i think a, a lot of the players said the same thing yeah. they didn't see any less from him right um and so f- episode eight finishes with the bulls winning um that fourth championship against the seattle supersonics um, and this is an emotional uh, because, of course, this game fell on Father's Day and a um, very emotional day for Michael Jordan. And we get the scene of him, you know, sobbing on the floor after winning and, and dedicating that win to his father. So that was, fe- that was a special moment for sure. He looked so alone at that time. Yeah. Again, the, the media should have given him his peace then. Yeah. I, I was I was surprised to see that like a camera was like allowed to capture that moment, but it, mm-hmm. but it I mean it, it just worked well with that episode for us to kind of see how emotional that was and how tough it was for Michael. But I was surprised that we even got to see that moment at all. Mm-hmm. That that moment was mm-hmm. called a camera. Mm-hmm. All right, and so that finishes up episode eight. In episode nine, it starts with the Bulls um, in conference finals against uh, the Indiana Pacers, and this is uh, 98. And so um, episode nine, um, when it kind of jumps back, which was kind of the the flow of the docuseries, um, we're back in 1997, and this is now, we're now we're in the finals against Utah Jazz, and this is a series with the infamous food game. My question for you: Do you believe the story that I, that was told to us about the pizza? I I might. All I know is we knew he was sick. Now, like I said, we thought it was the flu, and now they're saying it was food poisoning. And to be honest, um, I can't find that story. That guy spoke out about that. Yeah, saying it was uh. It was a lie. I'm I'm looking uh-huh, it up now uh-huh. just to kind of see what what his what he but, said. But um, but irregardless if it was flu or food poisoning, do I think food poisoning is a plausible guess? 
They didn't want that. They didn't want him to win. Do I think that he and his entourage should have been a little bit more diligent See, about right. what they eat and where they get it from? Yes. I don't know how they. How, I, I don't know how they did that. Where is that story? Let's see now. This is what I don't. This is what I don't understand. Is um Michael Jordan's trainer says, and Michael Michael Jordan's trainer and his best friend both say, five guys show up to the door delivering one pizza. Mm -hmm, the trainer mm -hmm. says, I paid. That would have been your first clue. I pay for the pizza and I sit the pizza down and I just have this bad feeling. Well, sir, right. why at that point did you tell Michael not to eat this pizza? Exactly. Exactly. So. Oh, I had I had a bad feeling about the pizza, but then I sat there and watched Michael eat the whole pizza. Well, now I believe he ate the whole. Well, he said he ate the whole pizza, but I'm just he saying, your friend. There was a whole. It was a whole bunch of. I, is it possible? Yes. Do I think that they, even during that time period, were you that? And then I, you weren't that. Is, you weren't that naive. And then my next question is that why? Why? How? How does anybody know this pizza is for Michael Jordan? Why? Why does anybody know this pizza is for Michael Jordan? Right. For right. five. For five guys to show up at the door. Right. I don't see that story anymore, Erica. No, it, the bottom line was the man was sick. Now, whether he was sick with the flu or sick with food poisoning, he was sick. And what did he do? Mm-hmm. What did he do? Mm-hmm. Showed up and showed up. Okay. Okay. There you go. Now, into that. Yeah. So, we got the food game, a.k.a. the food poisoning game, which just doesn't sound as good. So, I'm fine with sticking with the food game. Mm-hmm. We got that in episode nine. And mm -hmm. then in the final episode, um this we're back uh back in ninety eight and now we're this is the finals um NBA final series against against the Jazz. Um Steve Curry hits a shot to win it and was that the game that ended the series? I feel like that was the game that ended the series. It might have been. Or was it the next? I can't. Oh, Lord. I cannot remember. Why can't I remember? Yeah, that was. Um, that was. No, that wasn't the. the no, I don't uh, think it was. Steve Kerr ended the series in 97. Michael Jordan hit that last shot where uh Brian was it Brian Russell that was guarding mm -hmm. him uh -huh, uh -huh. he, he pushed off uh -huh. but we got a we got a new angle that <laughs> makes it clear that Michael didn't then push off. He just gave him a little tap on the butt and my man kept flying. He kept flying, right. Everybody's still saying it was a push off, but it was I I never thought He, he was, was already on his way. Right, momentum was already sending him that way, and Michael just, you know, excuse me, gave him a, a tap on the backside. So, um, Bulls win the the championship in '98, and mm -hmm. then the rest of the episode is kind of what what happens afterwards. And um, 
Jerry Krause stuck to his word that Phil would not be coming back to coach another year. Um, and so that was it. And Michael talks about how if um, if Jerry Ryan, oh, I can't remember his name, but the owner of the team, mm-hmm, the other Jerry, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. he had really wanted to have the team come back, Michael said exactly. that he, he believed exactly. that everybody er- exactly. a one-year year to come it. back. Exactly, exactly. But um, we hear from Jerry, and he just didn't think that it, that it could happen. Um, I I see which where tells my- me the other Jerry got into his head. But you at the at the end of the day, you the team owner. Yeah, and I see where Michael is coming from, but I don't I don't think Scott is gonna sign a one year deal. He might have. I think he would have. Had it. I don't think he would have. Because at that point, he was looking for money. And signing one-year deal wasn't going to get too much money. Especially after um, how the finals went. And us watching him, you know, grind it out in the last game with a bad a bad back. So, you, you have Thank a you. injury. End up, so, did he redeem himself? Did he I redeem never himself? had an issue. I've never <laughs> had an issue with Scotty except for that one moment. That's it. I still think Scotty is one of the best players to to play. I think he was definitely like he showed up in moments, except for that one moment, and he tried to show up in another one, but he couldn't see. I can't blame him for that. <laughs> I can't blame. I just it's I hard just... to play basketball if you can't see. <laughs> I just saw. I just. So I don't think Scotty would have signed a, a a one year deal. He was trying to get paid, and you don't get paid signing a one year deal. Okay, 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 okay. And I think it was pretty clear that the that Jerry Krause didn't want Scotty anymore. So it would Mike would have had to force him, would have had to hold his hand and put the pen to paper for Scotty to have to sign to sign a one year deal. Okay. Um, but I, but for me, I think this is the first time that I find out that Michael wasn't satisfied only winning six. That he felt, yes. Well, of course he, he of course he it. felt uh-huh. they, could, they could, they could keep going. But mm-hmm. I never knew that Michael was, you know, felt some type of way that they had to end after ninety eight. Well, I think. Well, we wouldn't know unless this documentary had come forth. I mean, because at that time, he was just, I think he was just over in the media, just over and done with him. Well, part partially because of that, but I think, but he did also say, and he stuck with his word, that if Phil Jackson doesn't come back, he didn't want to play for another coach, so he wouldn't, he wasn't going to come back. And again, after doing another three-peat, if the one thing you needed to come back was to have that coach and like, What's the other? What's the rest of the? What's the rest of your motivation? You don't have any, because he yeah, was dedicated you, to if, Chicago. Yeah, so um, yeah, I mean that's kind of how it ends, and and Michael does say, you know, I wasn't satisfied with us just winning six, and I thought that was interesting because I mean, that would explain why Michael is the way he is now. At least for me, um, I don't get the feeling that Michael is a happy person. Like he's oh, still I, just I, as he's still just as competitive, but 
I don't get it. Like, I don't get the feeling. Like, it wasn't when when Kobe left and we saw him. You know, seemed we, okay with it. Yeah, I don't get that feeling with Michael. Huh. That's very interesting. Hmm. And that could be part of it is that he felt like he could have went out there and won another championship, and you know, forces outside of him ruined that. And at the end of the day, it's nothing you can do about it. But you've had, what, 20, 30 years to get over? Is that something you can ever get over? It should be something you get over. I mean, just imagine. And and I think that speaks to who Michael is as a person, is that he's upset that he didn't get to go for number seven. But you have Hall of Fame players who never got one. Like that's true. You know, that's true. That's true. Charles Charles Barkley, like he could go around being angry at the world. That I think he is. I don't think Charles is angry at the world. You don't think so? No, and he said it himself in in the doc in the docu series that he's not upset or mad about losing to Michael because you lost to the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's I think that just really speaks to who Michael is as a person is that he's upset he couldn't go for seven while some people never got to go for one. <laughs> the like, Charlotte Bobcats. If we want to go there, but we won't. Yeah. Okay. We won't. Okay. So that wraps up the last dance. Um, I'm gonna watch it again. Of? Yeah, I'll probably watch it again. Uh, I actually watched the f- to uh, catch like some stuff that today. I missed that I think I missed. Yeah. I mean, that was really good. Granted, um, I think we did, it was an un- unbiased look at that team and Michael. You don't think it was unbiased? No, I think at the end of the day, Michael decided what was going to be in and what was going to be, what was not going to be in it. So, and you can tell, you can tell with certain parts. I don't, I don't think we talked about it, but. There was only maybe five, maybe seven minutes about um, that Senate race in 1990 that, or we had a, uh, man. I, I know what you're talking about. Grant. And, and I know what Grant. you're talking about. I, Harvey Grant. Because he didn't endorse, didn't come out publicly and endorse the guy. Right. That goes to him being a private person. Maybe he don't want anybody to know his business. Right, and that and that's what that that was one that was one aspect of his life that he could control. Right, and so, but what got brought out of that was like the joke that he made, you know, on the bus about Republicans buy shoes too, and so that kind of got blown out of proportion, and and that that leads us to then we can discuss this at another time, but but for for black athletes and other athletes of color, like we we ask a lot out of black athletes to use their platform mm-hmm, because of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of who they are as a professional. To, That's true. That's true. To, to speak. And yes, it's great. If you decide, like I'm, I'm not mad at Mike either way. Like I think, yes, it would have been absolutely incredible had he actually spoken publicly, you know, did more than just giving a donation. But at the same time, like we don't, we don't ask that of white athletes. Like why is, why do we have to, why do we expect that of black athletes and hold it against them when they don't? Hey, you gonna get no argument from me? 
on that. So, but I mean, my larger point about that was that that was a small portion of, it was such a small portion of the whole documentary. Like, I, I, I just feel there were parts in there that we could tell Michael Jordan had his hands on this. And so there was things that were in there, um, things that were in there overall, like we would see Michael for his greatness and him rising above the haters and rising above the media. I just, I just don't think it's a hundred percent unbiased. You know, everybody has been complaining about, see, everybody's been obviously dragging him, saying, calling him basically a bully. Everybody's been saying that the other uh, players, specifically, they're stating that Pippen wasn't displayed in a positive light. Um, Which I don't think he always was. Like that, um, like the fact that we even had 10, 15 minutes about Scotty choosing to sit out the game. The season that Michael wasn't there, yeah, that wasn't cool. Cause Michael, you weren't there, and this was supposed to about supposed to be about Michael and the Bulls, not no, 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 no. This was the Bulls. That's what it was. But I think it was mostly about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. I think it ended up being mostly about Michael Jordan, but this whole documentary was on the Bulls. But it was mostly about Michael Jordan. That's what I just said. <laughs> no, I'm no, that's what I'm saying. So if this documentary is mostly about Michael Jordan because he's the one that had the rights to all that footage and stuff, like Michael, the only reason we even have this is because Michael signed off on it and was like, Okay, yeah, let's do it. I don't necessarily understand why that needed to be there about Pippin because in the larger like in the larger in the grand scheme of things, like what did that moment have to do with anything else other than Everybody being like, oh, that's not Scotty's character. So we were upset, but then we moved on. Like, what else did that moment have to do with the rest of the documentary? Because it was about the Bulls. Then why not? Why wouldn't they talk about that entire, like, spend an episode dedicated just to that one season when Michael wasn't there? Okay. Okay. I see what you're yeah, saying. That's I see what you're saying. I just didn't. I just don't see why that. If you're gonna talk about that season where Michael was away, not why not talk about that entire season, not just that one moment. Or why even talk about Michael being away? Just because it was the last dance. It was about the Bulls. Right. And then okay. for that bit where Phil Jackson says, you know, after that game, Michael called me and. He said, I don't think Scott, you know, the the comment that Michael made about Scotty not being able to live, live down that moment. And then for Michael, then for the camera to cut to Michael and then him for to be for him to be like, Scotty knows better, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then for um, Michael to say what he said about, you know, the 89 playoffs where Scotty had the migraine for him to which I, I, I believe that Michael believes Scotty had a migraine. But I also believe that Michael believes, sir, you need to suck it up and come out here and play. Which is why I say it's one thing to play with a migraine. 
It's one thing to try and play when you can't see. Scotty said he was seeing double. How you gonna make a basket if you seeing double? Which basket you supposed to shoot at? <laughs> Erica, we get your point about the migraine. Maybe what uh, basket you supposed wasn't, to shoot at if you see Maybe double? Michael wasn't educated about migraines. I don't. <laughs> I, I, no, I'll, I think I I honestly truly believe that Michael believes that Scotty had a migraine. Like he has no reason to not believe it. But still, Michael was like, well, dog, you need to come on, migraine or not, you need to show up. And which is, that's Michael. But in Scotty's defense, <coughs> if you out there seeing two, hey, hey, you out there seeing two, what you supposed to do? Eric, that just goes to show that Michael wasn't educated about migraines, okay? That the man couldn't see. That's all I'm going to say. That's, that's all not, I can that, say. That doesn't If you can't see, you migraine, can't play. Huh? That, that and I'm gonna say the the having issues with your vision isn't you know that's not something that's universal for migraines. But in that moment, like yes, absolutely, I don't think Scottie Pippen would have sat out a game for a migraine, which he didn't. He went out there and played. He just did not play well, and that's because he couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> and so for sort of anyway, my point is. <laughs> For Michael, on, for, for Michael to make his comments about Scotty and call him, uh, for, for him to make his comments about um, the game in 80, 89, 88, where Scotty has the migraine, for him to make his comments about Scotty uh, missing the beginning of the 98 season for surgery because he didn't want to get the surgery early in the summer. He waited till the season started. But what did, what did Michael say about Scotty playing through back pain? In, at, in the finals, in game six. What did, what nice things did he say about Scotty? I don't know. What did he say, Eric? I, I don't remember him saying anything nice about Scotty. Playing with back pain. I don't remember him saying anything nice. Girl, stop. What it, what nice thing did he say about Scotty playing through back pain? Everybody else said something nice about Scotty. What did we hear Michael say? We didn't hear it. It was just between him and, and Pippen. Exactly. So I see why people are saying that Scotty wasn't painted in the most favorable light. Okay. I understand. They weren't. It's been a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of positive comments feedback and a lot of negative comments and feedback as well so you can't yeah. please everybody no, no, no. and overall i think it was a i think it was really good i just don't think it was 100 percent unbiased and i think who and I'll, I'll give you one more point here now and, and see what your thoughts um about it was that um bomani jones pointed out the fact that there's that clip of Gary Payton talking about how he, you know, tired out Michael Jordan and would bother him defensively. And then they show the clip to Michael and Michael starts cackling and then says, I had no problem with the glove. But Monty Jones points out the fact that Gary Payton did guard Michael very well and that there's no clips of Gary Payton playing defense or there's no clips of us watching Gary Payton guard Michael during that segment. Yeah, he thinks that's for a reason. What's that? 
that yeah michael feels like he had no problem with the glove but that doesn't mean that he wasn't defended well by gary payton so you're trying to say that michael had something to do with the footage that's not what, being that's there what, right that's what we're, that's what i'm saying by yes this is about the bulls but all of this is a, about as much as it's about the bulls it's as much about michael jordan and at the end of the day he okayed stuff for go in and he probably said no for stuff not to be in there. When he got the ball stripped from him, he said yes to that. When he got his ball blocked, he said I'm not yes saying, to that. I'm I'm not saying nothing ever was put in there that was negative, but you could see I'm not saying that, but I'm I'm saying is that there's there's parts in there where you could tell, you know, Michael had his hand on some things. Okay, well, and then now that I, I think, have it recorded, I can watch it. You know how yeah. you watch things two and three times, and so that's what I have to do. Yeah, to yeah. see that. Okay, it. but okay. I think I think as far as to your point about him having a ball stolen, shot blocked, and all that, I think that that's important to the story because if they don't lose in '95 to the Magic, then we don't get that that focus that summer. That's you know that focus during the summer of MJ. Um, preparing for that following season. We wouldn't get that. Now, how they, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what would happen had they went out there and won. So I think that was important to the story, which is why that was included. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 We've been here way too long. <laughs> so that's We could talk all up. night on this. We could talk all night. Right. So that's been this episode of Sideline with the Cooks. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Um, Mom, do you have anything to share with the people before we get out of here? Mm. Wash your hands and wear your face mask. Please wear your mask. That's all I'm asking of anybody. If I'm, if I can do it for you, you can do it for me. Yep. And so you can find us on wherever you listen to your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Stitcher Radio. Um, if you're looking for us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Sideline WT Cooks and on Facebook at Sideline with the Cooks Podcast. And we'll see you guys um again in two weeks. All Bye. Right, everybody. Bye.